welcome everyone to a bonus episode of Nerdy Latina's podcast. This is Short Latina. I want to introduce five stories that you will be listening to in this episode today. It's five stories from five different women who share about their experiences with their mothers and openly discuss their mother-daughter relationship and the dynamics that they have with their own children. I want to thank every woman for sharing their story and being so vulnerable uh, and allowing us to learn from their lives. I think these stories are powerful and every woman's experiences should be listened to and heard. And I ask you to share them, um, comment, and send us a voice message about what this episode means to you. Thank you. My name is Melissa Elizondo. I'm 43 years old. I am the youngest of two kids. I have two kids myself. I have a daughter who's 25 and a son who's 14. I'm originally from San Fernando, California. Uh, I've been in Albuquerque, New Mexico for about 30 years now. I was born in California, as was my brother, and my mom and dad were both born in Mexico, and everybody before them comes from Mexico as well. So I was raised by a single mom. Um, I grew up, I, I come from a long line of very strong women, um, women that, you know, most of the time uh, were kind of left to handle everything on their own, and I mean, they did, they did the best they could. Um, I grew up watching all of them do that and now I'm doing it too so <laughs> um so my mom never really discussed uh you know periods with me she never said anything to me about it she never really talked to me about any of that until you know after it started um most of what I learned about that kind of thing came from either health class or you know friends that had already gotten their periods um and I hadn't Uh, my mom didn't really, and still even after I got my period, she still didn't really, it wasn't anything that we really talked about. She never really said anything to me about tampons. She didn't even show me how to like use a pad or anything like that. Like I said, I, I learned most of that stuff from my friends and it was just kind of, you know, reading instructions and things like that. I was the one that I, I feel like I was the one that was more leery about that than my mom it seemed she never she never discussed it with me no she she never talked to me about sex she never talked to me about um, any of those things uh, you know she I think now that I'm older she did but when I was young I don't think I don't know I think it, it was just it felt like it was taboo that just wasn't something that they talked to us about a lot of the stuff that we learned was learned from friends or personal experience you know <laughs> trial and error type thing but yeah it, it's it's she never really talked to me about the most she ever really said about that is that sex tends to complicate things that's about the gist of what <laughs> of what she told me as far as like relationships and things like that go um it wasn't something but you know I was pretty willful too and a lot of times I wasn't really listening to what she was saying I, I was young uh, when I had my first boyfriend and it was it wasn't a good relationship for me he was abusive so it um, in that aspect my mom totally got involved um, and at that point she didn't really care what I had to say or how I felt about it you know the 
minute she knew that that was happening um that was it like there was no you know that there was no stopping her there was there there was no way that she was gonna let me continue that I never felt like shame she never made me feel bad for it anything like that um I think she just kind of like she knew you know she knew where it was headed and she's like okay if you want to learn things the hard way then that's the way you're gonna do it so I've always been upfront and honest with both of my kids, um, specifically with my daughter. Um, and I had that conversation with her about periods and everything long before any house class could really <laughs> get, you know, like introduce that topic to her. Um, and I, I just always wanted to change that aspect of it because I feel like there was a lot of stuff that I couldn't talk to my mom about because um, like I said, I felt a lot of those topics were taboo and you just don't talk about them to your mom, you know? Um, and I didn't want my daughter to feel that way. I wanted her to be able to come to me and talk to me and feel comfortable, you know, with whatever, with whatever she's going through. You know, I wanted her to feel that, like, that there wasn't anything that was off limits. She's actually married now um, and she doesn't have any kids. Um, she was, she had already been involved with one other boy before she got married um and the husband she has now they they both decided to wait until they were married so that that, that actually kind of worked out i don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that i had my daughter present in the room when i gave birth to my son <laughs> like i said i like to be i like to let them know what they're getting in themselves into um <laughs> uh so but initially the first boy I mean that was something that I didn't find out about some of the bad experiences that she had with that until years later um, and it and she tells me now that it wasn't that she didn't feel like she could talk to me it was more of I guess her kind of beating herself up for making those decisions you know and not wanting to admit it um but, you know, she, she, I mean, I found, like I said, I found out years later, um, you know, so about some of the bad experiences and, you know, and she, she tells me now that she wishes that, you know, that she would have talked to me, that she would have had me been able to, to come to me with it, but she, she just didn't. She says she wishes she did. I feel like it's a cultural thing. Um, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's a cultural thing and I, I, I feel it has a lot to do with, it might sound a little far-fetched, but I feel like it's, it's, it has a lot to do with, um, you know, with the culture. And I say that because, you know, machismo is a big part of it. I mean, there was, there's other things in the family that, that happened to family members, um, at the hands of other, other family members that, you know, was also taboo wasn't talked about it was just kind of swept under the carpet you know swept under the rug and and um there's geez <laughs> I think it's heavily on the cultural thing that it's you know sex was just something that you know it's that's the way it was for women it wasn't supposed to be pleasurable for us it's you know we're just there to fill their needs I think I'd want her to understand that I don't know if it was her intention to raise a daughter that was, um, you know, as willful and um, stubborn <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times um, pretty standoffish, you know, when it comes to getting close to people and things like that. Um, 
I don't know if those were her intentions, but I, I kind of wish she would understand that that's, that's what the outcome was. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I think I feel like I, I, I wish she would understand that about me. Um, because there's a lot of times where she tries to make me feel uh, codependent on her. And because I don't conform to it, you know, that's, that's when it becomes an issue. I did, I have asked her about that actually. And I, I mean, like I said, that, that's why I feel that it's like, it's a cultural thing because she's like, well, they didn't talk to me about it. They didn't talk to me about it. And what do I need to talk to you about it for? Like, she just um, basically like, she's like, well, what do I need to talk to you about it for? They're going to teach you about that in school. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they are. But I mean, I don't know, it would be better coming from like an adult that I know cares about me as, as opposed to like a public service announcement. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, is this is kind of like a big deal. I mean, or at least I thought it was anyway, but you know, it's just, and really that's her response is that, you know, they didn't talk to her about it. And so I learned the same way she did. Patricia, I'm 31 years old. I have a 13-year-old daughter. Um, as far as siblings, I'm number two out of five. Um, so I've got an older brother than me, a sister, a younger brother, and then my baby sister. So my family, me, my parents, and my older brother immigrated here. I was, I think, like one and a half when we first immigrated. Um, and then me and my older brother and my sister who were born here, we um, went back to Mexico and we lived with our grandma for about a year and a half. And then we came back. So really I'm like a first genera generation immigrant. I would say I grew up in a very, um, a very Mexican um, family. Uh, very, my dad especially, I, I would say is very like, very traditional, um, somewhat, somewhat machista, um, even though he has changed a lot. Um, there were, you know, it was a household that was very, like the gender roles, the typical gender roles that you find in a Mexican family, you know, where even though both of my parents worked, my mom, you know, did all of the housework and all of the cooking and most of looking out for us. But my parents, for the longest time, they worked opposite shifts so that they didn't have to, you know, pay for babysitting. So my dad would work in the day um, and my mom would work in the evening. So that was you know, interesting because for the longest time we never, the normal wasn't to have both of our parents around at the same time. For the longest time, my mom worked in the evening. So obviously, you know, with being in school, I'd get home from school and she was home for a couple of hours before she would have to go to work. I mean, I think just because of that, that we didn't see each other a lot for a lot of years. I don't feel that we had a very strong relationship. You know, I'd always see other girls who had a very strong relationship with their mom who you know could at least it seemed like they talked to their mom about everything I wouldn't say that was the case with me I do have a sister um, who is a year and a half um, younger than me so I was really close with her she and I were very close so I feel like that kind of made up for not being as close with my mom as I would have liked to growing up so I remember um when I got my period, obviously I knew about it. I knew what it was and everything. And I knew, you know, about feminine products and how to use them. 
Um, so the day that I got my period, I remember I um, I knew where my mom kept her stash of feminine products and I pretty much just raided that. So I think when my mom got home from work that day, she, she must have noticed um, like either bloody tissue or, or a bloodied pad um, in the bathroom. And I stayed up waiting for her because I wanted to tell her like, hey, I got my period. Um, and so, you know, I heard she got home and, you know, and then I, right before she was about to go to bed, I was like, ma, and, you know, I got up and then we were talking. She was like, oh, ya te bajo tu regla. And I was like, si, ya me bajo. And then she just kind of was like, well, do you know how to use a pad? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay. And she was like, I'll buy some more pads so that you have some available. One thing that I do find really um, very dear is that um, she must have had this ready, but me regaló una, she gave me a necklace with the Virgen on it. And my mom is not very religious. Like we went to church every once in a blue moon, but um, she must have had that ready for when I got my period. And I'm the oldest daughter, so, um, I guess to her it was somehow meaningful um but yeah that was like my experience getting my first period you know I got it told my mom and she was like okay and she gave me this nice necklace and that was kind of it we didn't so we didn't really talk about pat, like feminine products you know like I mentioned earlier we hadn't really talked about periods and all of that and so we never had a conversation about them, but I don't know if it's just through conversations that I had overheard her having with like my tias and stuff, but I just kind of knew that tampons were a no-no, you know, that we, that I wouldn't be allowed to use them. Um, so I didn't really know anything about tampons until I was much older. I never asked just because again, I think just conversations that I had overheard, um, I knew that tampons were off limits and that they were regarded as something bad by my mom. The only conversation that we had, my mom, my older brother, and my sister, who's a year and a half younger than me, we were in the living room and my brother brought up the topic of sex. I think he asked something about like, what would my mom do if she found out that my sister or I were having sex? Um, and I was really young. I must have been 13 or 14. And my mom pretty much just, and she responded to my brother. You know, it's not like she said, she didn't like respond to my sister and I, but she said something about, well, I just hope that they, that if they do start having sex, that they are smart enough to use protection. And that was like the extent of that conversation. Um, sex never really... I didn't bring it up, she didn't bring it up, we didn't talk about it in my family. My parents watched a lot of Univision and just so um, all of the crap that they <laughs> perpetuate on that network about you know how a woman should save herself for marriage and if she had sex before marriage then you know she's a whore, things like that. And my brother, you know, I mentioned my dad was somewhat machista. My brother, for some reason, was even more machista than my dad. So it's it's just it's weird because he obviously didn't get all of it from my dad because even though my dad was somewhat machista, not to the extent that my brother was. And so I feel like my brother perpetuated those beliefs more than my dad did. Um, you know, he would always make comments about, you know, you better make sure that you're not having sex before you get married. Um, you, don't, you better make sure that you don't, you know, become a hoe, things like that. And I think for a while, you know, being young, you kind of, you internalize those beliefs of like, oh, I should save myself for marriage and this, this and that. 
But then as you get older, you know, and you start learning about sex and virginity from other places, um, at least for me, I think I wouldn't say that I made a that I was conscious about my beliefs around sex and virginity, but I would say that my beliefs around it did evolve. You know, I did have, um, I started having sex when I was 15. So they definitely changed, but I wouldn't say that it was like a, that I ever really thought about it. Like, what are my beliefs on this topic or on that topic? Um, so she kind of did find out that I was having sex because uh, I was sneaking out at night and my dad caught me. And so he found out and I pretty much ran away from home. Um, it was the summer, the summer, the start of the summer when I turned 16. So I was like 15, about to be 16. I was sneaking back into the house and he caught me sneaking back into the house. And he was like, we're gonna go wake your mom up right now to tell her what you've been doing. And I was like, I kind of used the excuse, well, she has to work early tomorrow. So should we, shouldn't we just wait to tell her in the morning? And my dad was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we both went to bed. My parents went to work the next morning. And I remember all day I was uh, really afraid for when my parents came home. And I was like, well, I'm just going to leave the house. I didn't like intend to like run away forever. I was just like, I'm going to leave and not be home when they get home so that I don't get, get in trouble. I also felt a lot of shame and that's kind of how I ended up running away from home. So my mom got married really young. She was 15 when she got married. My dad was 18. Um, they got married in Mexico. And I know my mom would always make comments about, you know, she would say things like, I hope that you guys don't get married as young as I did. Or I hope that you, you know, that you guys, que sigan su educación, you know, for you guys to continue your education. She would make comments like that. But she really wouldn't, you know, there wasn't anything further. You know, there wasn't a lot of, discussion around it around like why do you think that or what do you mean exactly by that she would just make those comments I just imagined that my parents were gonna go get me from my boyfriend's house and they never did <laughs> and you know just I think from right what I remember a couple of days later I must have called my mom on the phone and we were talking and she said something about you know pues, you know if this is what you want then that's that's okay and I think a lot of it has to do with you know they're from it they're my family's from a rancho and it's what I call like the rancho mentality where that was very common for young girls, whether they were actually married or not, they would leave home at a very young age, get married at a very young age. And that was accepted. I mean, in my mom's case, you know, she got married when she was 15. Her parents helped plan the wedding and everything. And so I think just because that was what they were used to, both of my parents, they accepted it. As an adult and being a mom, you know, I, you know, I was, I would think to myself, I wish my relationship with my mom was different. And my mom actually ended up moving away. And so I, I made that relationship better. And having a daughter, you know, my mindset was always that I was going to have the relationship that I wanted to have when I was a little girl. Um, and so that's how I've approached my relationship with my daughter is I'm extremely open with her. Um, even from a very young age, you know, she's 13 now. Um, she, you know, she has her period now, but long before she had her period, I would talk to her about periods and about feminine products and just being prepared for that. I mean, I would say for about the last year, we started talk talking about other things like sex and 
things like that. And I'm just very, very open with her pretty much about any topic. I think I bring it up more than she does because um, I think it's important for her to feel like, you know, as a kid, sometimes I, I think that you're embarrassed to bring up these topics to your parents or you don't know how to ask these things and so I feel like if I bring them up and I talk to her about it then she knows she can come to me and ask me anything and that's what I tell her you know is you're gonna hear about these things um, from your classmates or from movies or you know from a lot of different places and told if you ever have any questions you know come to me and ask me I, or you know I've even told her if you're too shy you know don't don't believe just what you hear from your schoolmates you know, you know I talk to her about you've got you know the internet at the palm of your hand you know google if you're curious about whatever topic you know just google scientific information about it but you can always come to me and ask me and so yeah my relationship with my daughter is I would say exactly what I would have wanted growing up we're very close I'm a very open book with her about everything I've begun to talk to her about, so first of all, I try to approach it from like a sex positive stance, you know, that, you know, sex is not something to be ashamed of, or it's not something bad. But I tell her, like, a, with a lot of other things, you know, it's just, it's a matter of it being age appropriate. Uh, age appropriateness is something that I talk to her a lot about. Um, like, for example, um, uh, boyfriends, you know, I'll tell her, you know, it's not a bad thing to have a boyfriend. And I'm going to be okay with you having a boyfriend, but at the right age. And so that's how I've approached our conversations about sex is that, you know, sex is not a bad thing. Sex can be a really beautiful thing, especially if it's with somebody that you love, but it's all about age appropriateness. Um, and then the other thing that I really try to convey to her is that you also have to be ready for all of the consequences that can result from sex. And I think two of the obvious ones that people always talk about are STDs or pregnancy. And, you know, I tell her, yes, those are real consequences, but there's also other consequences that you, they're not as obvious and they're not as visible. And I talk to her about like the emotional side of sex and how a lot of times things change when you start having sex with your partner. And emotionally, it's just, it's, at least for me, it was somewhat of an emotional experience. And so I talked to her about, you have to, you shouldn't start having sex until you are able to deal with any of the consequences. And then those are the three big ones that I talked to her about that could result from sex. And I, I don't, you know, I don't think that she and I have ever really talked about like marriage, um, but I, I at least try to convey that it's not my expectation that she's going to wait until she gets married to start having sex. I think it would be, um, you know, knowing what I was doing as a teenager, what my classmates were doing as teenagers, it would be stupid and naive of me to think that that, that would happen, um, especially with just how pervasive sex is in American culture. That's kind of how I approach it. I also try to really talk to her about, you know, the importance of safe sex. Um, and, you know, like, you know, STDs are a real thing. If you're gonna start having sex, you know, you, you need to be knowledgeable about, you know, what the STDs are and, you know, what symptoms are and, just being med medically informed about sex and STDs and protection and birth control and all of those things. Kind of like the philosophy side of things, but also the scientific and medical side of things. Um, I try to talk to her about both. You know, I have a friend who has a daughter. She's much younger than mine. But, you know, my friend has always told me that she plans to, when her daughter turns 15, she plans to put her daughter on birth control. Um, and I, 
we were talking about this and I, that had never, that thought had never occurred to me, you know, to just right away put my daughter on birth control. Um, and, you know, my friend was like, well, why wouldn't you, you know, you know, she kind of points to me starting having um, sex at 15 and she's like, you know, it's just a much safer, you know, decision to make. It's not a decision that I've made that, okay, once she turns a certain age, she's going to go on birth control. I think I just have the hope that with the things that I talked to her about, that she will, number one, come to me when she is curious about starting to have sex and that we can make a decision at that point if, you know, she should get on some type of birth control or not. I think the thing that would be the hardest for me to accept is if she decided not to go to college. Just because I was a teen mom, you know, and I, with all the struggles that that comes with, all of the challenges, I went to college, I graduated college, it was really hard, but I know that it's not impossible. I feel like I've done so much to prepare her even more than, you know, what I was prepared for. I feel like she just has such a leg up, at least from, you know, what my circumstances were, that she has no reason why she shouldn't pursue college. So I think if she were to come to me and say, hey, mom, I don't want to go to college, that would be really, really difficult for me to accept more than anything else. <laughs> The same thing for both of my parents and why both of my parents, you know, at least when we were growing up, weren't able to have conversations about these um, serious topics. It, I think it goes back to the way that they were raised. Um, no one teaches you how to be a parent. <laughs> no one teaches you like what you're supposed to do, what age you should have these conversations with your kids, how to have these conversations. I mean, just knowing how both of my parents grew up, I think they didn't have close relationships with their parents and they were super young when they got married, were super young when they became parents. I just don't think that they were prepared and they didn't really know how to, you're just thrown into parenthood. You know, there's, I mean, there's books about parenting now, but especially, you know, my parents being immigrant parents and not knowing, um, my mom actually doesn't even speak English to this day. My dad speaks a little bit. But not knowing English, I just don't think that there were a lot of resources available to them on even just thinking about the topic. Am I a good parent? You know, what can I do to become a better parent? I don't think they thought about it. I don't think they were prepared. Um, so I think that's the, the root of why they didn't have those conversations with us. I think I'd want her to understand that regardless of what her experiences were, you know, whether she, whether they were experiences that she was proud of or not, um, that she should have still talked to us about them. You know, she got married really young, and I think that's something that for her was not shameful, but I, I do feel like it's not something that she was proud of. Um, but even then, I think she should have just talked to us about, you know, why she got married so young, you know, what it was like being such a young mom, what it was like um, moving to a completely different country, um, that she should have just, even if she didn't know how to bring up the topics, that she should have just brought them up. Any conversation around these topics is better than none. You know, I've asked her why she got married at such a young age. I ask her, I ask her a lot of, about a lot of different things. Well, she got married young just because it's kind of what my dad asked. In El Rancho, that's what you did. You just got older and you found a partner and you got married and you built a life. There weren't like, they, you know, she always talks about how there weren't opportunities to continue school. And even if you did continue school, there weren't really a lot of opportunities to do much with your education. So for her, it was just what was expected of her. So number one being becoming a mom at such a young age and reflecting on, you know, how I was raised and 
what I can do to be the best parent that I can be, you know, because I think it's not my daughter's fault that I had her and had her so young. So I owe it to her to be the best parent that I can be. I see my role as a parent is just preparing her for the world because I think growing up, you are sheltered from a lot of the realities of the world, you know, whether it's um, how to be successful in your career or anything related to sex, you just, a lot of these things you don't know until you experience them. And so I try to impart everything that I've been through on my daughter, just so she has a better understanding of what life is about and can be ready for whatever comes her way. The most important part of being a parent is just preparing your child for life. I'm the oldest daughter of my family. I've been, I'm 45 years old. I am Chicana and Indigenous Cree from Canada. I've been married for 20 years and I have two teenage kids. I have a son that's 16 and a daughter that's 14 and I'm an auntie to many. I am the oldest of my family. I have two uh, younger brothers and they were, were pretty far in age. I have a brother that's four and a half years younger than me and then a brother that's 13 years younger than me. And my parents, um, they were teen, teen parents and I was even the oldest grandchild on both sides for until my brother was born. So about five, you know, four and a half, five years. And um, my parents were married until I was a teenager. And um, then my mom left and it was just my brothers and I with my dad, we, we chose to stay with my dad. It was just a more secure family life. And so then I became kind of like the mom of my brothers. And so um, I helped my dad out a lot and even my brothers. And it was a little bit rough because my dad and I had a relationship that was um, father, daughter, and my dad is uh, Chicano. And so he was, you know, wanted to be strict in the old machismo Chicano ways. <laughs> but then I was also kind of like his partner because I was the oldest out with the boys and so he had to put a lot of trust in me but it's like he trusted me with the boys but he didn't trust me with um, making my own decisions and being an independent woman and I do feel like it has hindered my relationship with my brothers now that we're all adults I feel like I've always kind of maintained the mom role and they don't like that and so it's it's kind of strained our relationship I had a lot of resentment towards her and I was just having this conversation with my husband just a few days ago actually um, this is so awful to say. I feel like when I was a teenager and the resentment I had, maybe because I was emotionally immature at the time um, and she left and so it was me, you know, taking over that role. I even, I just to be honest, I even wish that she didn't even exist anymore. It was, it's so awful to say that out loud now, but it really, really was the truth back then. And I spent a lot of years in my teen years um, not directly but indirectly punishing her like I made sure she knew she was not welcome in my life I made sure that she knew she wasn't welcome at my high school graduation we did kind of start talking again when I was in college but it was just the connection was broken and I still had a lot of resentment towards her so it was easy for me to let her go like to be um if she contacted me to ignore her or you know things like that and we didn't start becoming 
in contact again until I think after I had my first child. But in the, my teen years, it was non-existent. I, I really loathed her. I even, I was almost not jealous, but um, kind of jealous of her existence because she was free to do whatever the heck she wanted. And to me, she was a mother but I was the one who was helping my dad, who was working, who was taking care of the boys, you know, those kinds of things. So I, I did not like her at all. When my mom left, you know, it was me helping my dad solely, you know, but we had family too, like my dad's family. And I'm always thankful because when my mom left, it seemed, you know, I had aunts, my tias there, my dad's sisters, they really stepped in, my grandmother, um, even my aunties on my mom's side, they were always really in touch with me, my grandma on my mom's side. So it was like just my mom. My mom is the one who missed out on all of that. And um, even friends' moms, it's, I don't know if they felt sorry for me or what, but they really helped me, helped me with, you know, womanhood and growing up. It was just a lot of different perspectives and it wasn't my mother. Um, so it was, it was kind of, it was good, but it's so sad to think that I didn't have a relationship with the one person you think you should. When I started my period, my mom was still home. I started my period when I was 12 years old and I remember, waking up and having you know having started my period and I didn't really know what to say to my mom because even before my mom and I got a divorce I don't feel like we were even that really close and I don't know if it was I can't speculate well I can't speculate and I have speculated I think it's because she was a teen mom and maybe she felt like she didn't want to be a mom you know she was loving and stuff and but there were things that we weren't really emotionally connected we weren't and um, I feel like my mom had a lot of trauma that she couldn't really connect you know to us or when I started my period I woke up in the morning I remember and I I went and I was like hey mom I started my period and she was like oh there's some pads underneath the sink <laughs> and so I uh you know took care of myself and I remember her telling me though you know make sure when you're on your period you shower every day you need to stay clean okay fine and then when I got to school of course I, I had good girlfriends and I wanted to tell them right away I started my period and so that's who I learned about like tampons and that kind of stuff through and so yeah my mom she didn't teach me about it <laughs> I grew up Catholic why well, I'm still Catholic but um and in my mind I think I I heard somewhere and I was from that if I use tampons I could lose my virginity <laughs> I think about it now and I think it's so funny but anyways um but then my girlfriends you know they told me no you could wear these and they're comfortable you know and you can play sports still and you don't have to worry about your pad or you can swim and you, know, you just got to be careful of the string this and that and so I realized quickly like I was um even though I was raised in a small town and um I think I was I'm an intelligent person and even back then I I could have access to like teen magazines or whatever. And so I learned quickly that when using a tampon, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't gonna lose my virginity. And I quickly started using them and was thankful for them because I hated pads. <laughs> but um, no, my mom didn't, I don't think she necessarily had an opinion about it. That's like I said, when I told her, she was like, okay, there's pads under the sink, but I don't know if she used tampons or not. I have no idea. <laughs> well, then it was really important for me to stay a virgin until I was married that's what I thought I was going to do and I I even felt like uh, shameful of my friends who were not saving their virginity till they're married and even it affected my relationship with some of my girlfriends because I was very judgmental about it and even though I was a good friend I um, they didn't tell me like a, a couple of my very best friends didn't want to tell me they lost their virginity because they were afraid of how I would react and I reacted negatively like I started crying for them I felt like I needed to I don't know pray for their soul or I don't know what you know that but now now that 
I mean, I did not remain a virgin until I was married, but um, feel like the more valuable lesson is to respect your body. And, and if you are sharing your body in that manner to make sure that it's in a healthy way, emotionally and physically. And I even say that to my kids now, and as hard as it is because I grew up different, I don't want them to feel shameful of anything. I grew up with so much shame, I feel, and feeling shameful for different thoughts or different beliefs, especially about virginity, that um, I don't want them to feel the same. And so I try to tell them, you know, it, it's not realistic for me to expect you all to be virgins until you're married, but I, I like still hesitate because I also don't want them giving themselves away in a physical and emotional manner to just anyone who doesn't deserve it. So I, I don't know, it's, it's different. I feel different about virginity, but I still like have I want them to um, hang on to some things that are only theirs. It's almost like that was the expectation. Um, or so, you know, to be pure, to um, girls can't be sleeping around. You know, if you slept with people outside of marriage, uh, you were judged on your reputation. And that was something that was important to me at that time. Uh, and even growing up with a single dad, I didn't want anyone to talk about my dad or my family negatively and so I tried 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 my best to um, live in that good girl life and if I was you know being bad or you know quote-unquote bad I would be sneaky about it I would make sure that no one would ever find out so definitely hiding maybe who I really was and I didn't want my dad to ever know because I didn't want my family to be ashamed of me or um, think I was running around around wild when my dad was just trying to do the best he could as a single dad. No, it was never her initiative. Like my mom, I think she would still have been away because um, of shame unless it was me to do the reaching out. And honestly, the only reason I reached out is because uh, my, my dad got remarried and my stepmom is a beautiful, wonderful woman. And she told me, we, be, we became close, you know, quickly. And she told me that I was, you know, she loved me very much, that I only will have one mom and that I should really think about connecting with her again, at least to give her that chance, you know, for my kids, my kid to get to know her too. And so after that, I just kind of reached out to my mom and we didn't, we never, my mom and I have never, never, Fully discuss the past ever there's never been any apologies there's never been any explanations on why one of us did anything to each other or you know and so it's because of my stepmom that I started talking to my mom again and I did want my kids to have a relationship with my mom and um, thankfully they do I mean they see I'm, I'm pretty honest with my kids and they see my mom and my kind of strange relationship sometimes um, and they don't always appreciate her you know when they were little it was better but now that they're older and teenagers they can see kind of how she is and I let them make decisions for themselves they don't try to talk negatively about my mom in front of them to my kids I am their main priority so if they see me hurting even if I'm not even saying it they're so in tune to my emotions that I it's like a blessing and a curse they get protective over me so it's good that my mom was in Canada because uh, we're now with COVID my, I do feel bad for her because we haven't been able to see her in a while. Um, she doesn't hasn't been coming around and they don't keep in contact with her like texting or anything. I do, but my kids don't. And I don't, I don't force them to either. I feel like um, when I was a kid, maybe we would be forced into things that we didn't want to do, like keeping in communication with relatives we don't really like or whatever the case, but I don't do that to my kids. Since she was little um, and going to like her world child checks, like she knew she was going to start her period someday and um, she wanted to know when. And so almost like for a couple of years before she started her period at her well child check, 
up. She would ask the doctor, do you know what day I'm going to start my period? <laughs> I tried to explain to her, you know, we don't know. It just happens. You know, mommy got it when she was this age, but, you know, we don't really know. You'll just, when you start it, you start it. And um, so, yes, we talked about her period. I explained to her what it was. And um, we even talked so far about, you know, sex and what happens during sex because I knew she well, I don't know if she knew or not, because I mean, I had friends and we talked about everything. <laughs> so I wanted to ask her and uh, she didn't really know. And when I told her, because, you know, we're talking about babies and this and that. And I told her, you know, using the right terms, the penis and the vagina, she was so disgusted. I'll never forget that conversation. We're sitting on the couch and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I'm sorry, but that is the way it happened. <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny we don't talk about sex all the time or anything like that but I do want to be available for her questions and that was a funny funny cute story about her I want her to feel empowered about her sexuality even if it's at 16 years old for me anyways if what I observed is when we weren't emotionally ready to be sharing ourselves sexually it just led to complicated emotional problems and even um even feelings of um, abandonment like if the boy didn't really I don't know, treat you with the love and respect that you felt you needed at the time. I don't even know if that's how she would feel, but I, I want to try my best to have open dialogue with her about it. I have told her my concerns and even my son too. I've told them both. I, I just really feel like um, you all won't be emotionally ready to have, you know, sexual interactions with someone else until you graduate from high school. I mean, maybe that's my new waiting until you're married, <laughs> but um they both, uh, you know, my son has a girlfriend right now, and um, Emma, she's had a couple of boys that she's liked, but she hasn't had, not that I know of, but like a serious boyfriend, and I try to tell them it's it's more than physical, it's emotional, but basically you got to keep yourself safe. You know, when we go, when they go for their checkups with the doctor, they have the option of kicking me out, and my son has kicked me out before, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, like, what's he, what does he want to talk about? I'm all about it, because I wanted to make sure he... I don't know he's as informed as he can be and I just have to trust that he is and uh, my daughter she has yet to kick me out um but they do know that there is uh precautions to take I have talked about condoms more than I have um other kinds of birth control because I feel like I don't want them to get any type of sexually transmitted diseases and I have said that to them before you know we can honestly deal with them having a child but if they have to live with something that's forever a sexually transmitted disease that's going to be really rough I think that she is going to go to college you know after she graduates from high school and I want to um, feel that she's ready to be independent I know that um, I have a really hard time I'll be honest with you letting my kids I want them to learn from my mistakes or from other people's mistakes before they have to learn on their own, but that's not realistic. I know that. And so um, I've had a discussion with her and with both of my kids that I do want to have a talk about if, if I feel they're mature enough to be out on their own. If not, then maybe they stay home for a couple of years and go to community college where they can commute from home. But I do encourage them that I really would love them to encourage or, or to experience living on their own when they are, you know, 18 years old and um, that doesn't mean I'll be done with them, but I just want them to know that I, I will um, encourage them to be independent at that time. I think that I would have trouble, you know, being 100% honest about this, uh, honest to myself too. <laughs> I would have trouble with her deciding not to have kids, whether it be um, her own self having kids or even adopting kids. 
because I really, really, really want to be a grandma one day. And I want, you know, but I, I re I've also had this conversation with both my children. I respect their decisions. I don't really trust this world moving forward either. I feel like climate change is real and I, I get nervous for my future generations. And I would hate to, I want them to be responsible in their thinking too. I feel like I would be really disappointed, but I would have to check myself because I don't want them to feel shameful for decisions that they're making for themselves. I don't want them to have to make them for me, even though selfishly I kind of do. I want her to understand that ultimately I forgive her and I'm sad that she maybe couldn't maybe couldn't figure out her womanhood, motherhood, because um, I think maybe her life would be different and maybe I wouldn't be here, I don't know. I, I don't want her to be ashamed, but um, I want to know that it wasn't okay, you know, that she just left the way she did. And she didn't need to be afraid of, of me, even though I probably made things difficult. So I guess that's what I want her to know. I feel like we all have a certain power just as women, and um, it doesn't have to be blood, but you know, you could be a mother, an auntie, a sister to to any um, any person in your life. And I want as women, I'd like us to really open ourselves up to that, you know, let people in, let people feel your light because we all need it once in a while and, and we all need to have that bond. I feel like a, a lot of times we let them, well, for me, I've let the men in my life um, be the leaders or the rulers, so to say, by dimming my own uh, leadership skills in my family but I feel like uh, matriarchy is real and we need to um, let that shine more than we have um, with the patriarchy we need to let them dim it down a little bit now so we can get this thing get this life of ours going in the right direction We hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast. Please share us, review us, and send us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also like to thank our guests and Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music for this episode. Please join us in the next episode of Nerdy Latinas Podcast.